0: What's up, streamers? Welcome back to the Stream Coach Podcast. It's no secret that as a streamer, you need to be entertaining. If you've streamed for any amount of time or been around the Twitch, Mixer, YouTube streaming community for any amount of time, you've probably heard this. And the people that have said that are not entirely wrong. That's not to say that entertainment is the only type of value that you can serve people during your streams, but it is a big piece of this industry. So, a huge part of entertainment is making people People laugh, right? Comedy is huge in our space, improv is huge. And those two things are skills. Believe it or not, if you're not a very interesting or or entertaining or, or funny personality, you can learn how to improve that. Characteristic in yourself. And the way that you do this is through comedy and improv. And today we're actually going to be speaking to someone who has been an improv coach for over a decade and actually learned from the same coach who taught Dan Harmon, who I mean, Dan Harmon is a genius, right? So today we're actually going to learn how y'all can improve and all of us can really learn how to improve our comedy and improv and entertainment side of our streams. Before we jump into this interview though, I just want to make a quick announcement. For those of you who have been in the streams or seen myself on social media lately, you have uh, probably heard that we have an ebook that's coming out. Well, I'm very happy to say that this last Tuesday, it was actually fully released. It was also released on my birthday, which is like kind of cool, I guess. And I'm really excited that it's finally here and it's finally out because this has been months in the making, five or six months now, and it has finally finished. I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone who pre-ordered and everyone who really believed in this idea. I know it's a really unique idea in our space and, and a lot of people aren't really into, the, into somebody creating stuff like this, but thank you so much for allowing me to make things uh, and kind of experiment with this new way of monetization and hopefully it will encourage all of you to pursue different options for yourself as well. So yes, the ebook is out. It's all about my journey from zero to 75 plus, really 100 plus average viewers. And I go into things like networking and branding and uh, Twitch research and just there's a lot of great stuff in there. If you want to check it out, you can go to Book. Dot com. And once again, thank you to the team and, and everyone else who's been a part of this journey. It's really amazing to see that it's finally out. I love you all so much. Thank you. Now let's get into the interview before I just keep freaking talking. Okay, cool. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Stream Coach Podcast. Today with me, I have a Twitch partner and improv coach, business. What's up, Biz?
1: Hello, everybody. How are you doing? My name is uh, Business, or Joe Vela. Uh, so, I don't normally stream. Actually, this guy streams. His name is Business. He is a boy trapped inside of a Super Nintendo. Uh, but conveniently, uh, if he wasn't trapped... Sorry, a video game console, not a Super Nintendo. Um, he's not, so, if he wasn't trapped inside of a video game console, uh, he would look and sound exactly like me. So, I'm actually his twin brother, uh, believe it or not. Wow. So, he does all the streaming. He's the partnered streamer. Uh, but myself, I have been an improv comedian for the last 15 years. Uh, professionally, it was my full-time job before I switched over to streaming. I worked for a company called comedy sports where I was hired out to not only do shows, uh, but to do workshops as well. Um, I've taught improv across the country. I've taught classes in New York city. Uh, I've taught classes in Seattle, Washington. In fact, the last class that I taught, uh, was a four week class, uh, that was improv dedicated to streamers. So it was a class for streamers. uh, So that's a little bit about my background.
0: That's so awesome. We're definitely going to get deeper into that class as well as the rules of comedy, rules of improv, and just like all of the things that, you know, from that, that business and can help streamers with for sure. So go ahead and like, tell us a little bit about your channel. I know your, your uh, brother streams, but what do you, what do you play?
1: Uh, just about everything. Like, I really pride myself on having something a little unique, which is why I decided to do a character stream. Um, I grew up loving things like the Muppets and Mystery Science Theater, uh, and, you know, I just didn't, you know, it's not that I was, like, scared or, like, wanted to hide my face. It's just I felt that I could personify everything that was awesome about me. Uh, through this character. And so this was an idea that I had for a long time uh, that I tried to get off the ground when I lived in Milwaukee and just couldn't really do it. And I completely changed my life. I was doing the improv thing and I was actually working on opening an arcade bar uh, with a bunch of my friends. Uh, Me and my friends actually own 25 full-size arcade machines. And we're talking the classics like Pong, Donkey Kong, Space Invaders. And I sold my stake in the bar and I sold a bunch of my stuff and I moved to Seattle with one of my best friends uh, and started my streaming career. (laughs) Uh, And that's when I really, you know, got into the business thing. And, you know, just being out here in Seattle, it's an amazing community for streamers. And, you know, I'm a part of this thing called the Seattle Online Broadcasters Association now. And we're really trying to make this the place to go for streamers. And just being out here and, and being in this environment has just helped me flourish and grow in in my time out here. And that's how I became a partnered streamer.
0: That's so awesome. You've got such a great journey, like doing all of this stuff so professionally for so long. I'm really, really excited to get into this. So let's just jump in. Uh, yeah, it's gonna- a... Go for oh, it. Sorry, you're good. Uh, it's
1: it's really weird because I feel like I'm coming at this from the exact opposite angle of, of most people. Whereas you know they have this big love for video games, or they might be really good at a video game, but have no entertainment experience. Whereas I have all the entertainment experience, and it's just like I'm kind of okay at, at video games. So uh, it's a it's a really it's a really fun angle to approach things from, and I'm really excited that more people are looking to, you know, approach it from more of the entertainment, and like, oh, man, I need to take classes and, you know, maybe look at my performance a little bit more than just being, hey, uh, I'm a person playing a video game.
0: Oh, uh, I love that. I love that. Because there's this huge, like, I think, shift right now that, and maybe it's not super huge, but there are a lot of people, I think, that are starting to realize that there's so much competition on Twitch that standing out is important, Right. And, yeah. and being different and being able to provide a space that's valuable for people is really, really important. So aside from just like, hey, I play video games and I'm here. People are thinking, yes, that's how I relate to people. But how do I how do I entertain them? How do I like make them laugh? How do I get them invested in the space beyond just we like the same video game? How do I get people that are super excited about showing up for my show every day? Exactly fascinating
1: yeah it's very important and i i'm also an amateur video game historian Um, and so you know those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it and you can learn so you can learn a lot from history and i you know i think of streaming a lot in the same lines as video games themselves where in the original days of video games a single video game was made by a single person and they were responsible for every single aspect of that video game. They were responsible for how that game controlled. They were responsible for how it looked, looked for the sound pretty much everything except the packaging. You know, one person was responsible for doing everything on and that worked for a while, but then, you know, you realize that people get burned out on doing that because it's really hard to do things by yourself. So, you know, just like what happened with fixing your webcam, it takes a community to, to fix things, and it takes a community to do things. So the more we can get rid of this whole idea that we have to go it alone and that the only path to do this is a solo path it is better. We are a community, and our, like, we are not in competition with each other. We are in competition with every other entertainment medium out there and a rising tide raises all boats. Oh, so whenever you can help other people out, that helps everyone out and you make the communities around you stronger.
0: Oh my God. You have no idea. I, I love everything that you just said. Uh, Let's start at the beginning, though,
1: <laughs> for <Sure. laughs> people
0: that don't don't understand like comedy and improv. What what do those things mean? What is that?
1: Well, so comedy is you know whatever makes you laugh, and that really is kind of fluid. You know whether that's more slapstick stuff, whether that's more of the cerebral comedy that you know, depending on what you like, you know. You know, engineers really don't like puns. I have found. You know, engineers are very straightforward people. Uh, they they like things to be straightforward. They don't they don't like the the whole workaround thing. You know, so it's really you know it, it really kind of depends on the personality of the person. So you know, to say something is funny or not funny is really kind of subjective. But improv. Improv is an amazing skill and improv more than anything else. uh, You know, like I said before, uh, I've been an improv teacher for years, like more so than doing improv. I love teaching improv because improv is a skill that I think everybody uh, should use uh, because it's more of a life skill than a form of comedy, I feel, uh, because it's the yes and of the world. Exactly. uh, Really important. Yes. And, you know, at some point in your life, you just start hearing the word no so much. And that is so boring. Like you go from being a kid where it's like, I want to be a firefighter. I want to be an astronaut. And, you know, your parents are like, you know, go for your dreams, Billy. Like you can do (laughs) whatever you want, you know, and then all of a sudden you get towards the end of middle school where you really have to start you know, thinking about what you have to do with your life. And it's just like, well, you know, be careful. You know, you can't do that. Like, you know, you really think you can be an astronaut? Like, get real. Like, you need to start working to get a job in a factory because, I mean, that's what we've always done and that's how it's always been done. And, like, you just start hearing no so much in your life. No, you can't do this. No, you can't do that. Like, every – think about whenever you're excited about something – Almost every single time you're excited about something, somebody will come back with a negative on that. They will say, like, oh, I really want to go rock climbing. They're, gonna, they're usually going to say something like, well, isn't, gonna, isn't that going to be dangerous? And so the rules of improv say, instead of just saying, well, isn't that going to be dangerous? Say, well, I ride bicycles. I use this kind of helmet. What kind of helmet are you going to be using? You know, you've addressed that one singular negative thing, which everybody, you know, in their right mind is going to think about. Of course, rock climbing is going to be dangerous. But instead of just start stopping the conversation on the negative, you have continued it onwards in a positive fashion to think about the all the aspects of it. It's like, yeah, helmets are important. Do you know something about helmets? So let's talk about helmets now instead of like, hey, you shouldn't do this because you might get hurt. It's like, well you know, you're going to fail. And, you know, as a kid, you just, you don't have that idea of failure. You, like, you'll try everything. Think about how long it took you to ride, learn how to ride a bicycle. And then, you know, when you get older, you know, people will be like, oh, I tried that once and I'll, uh, you know, it didn't work out. So I'll, I'll, I'll never try that again. It's just like, well, you know, take from it, learn from it and move on. Nothing is a failure if you learn from it.
0: Right. So I did this I I did a I did some research on improv before this episode because I I haven't looked into it in literally years. And I feel like what you're talking about right now is this one rule or or theory called denial, right? Where you're you're in like a a skit or you're you're trying to like create some kind of I mean typical improv is like skits with you and another person or like groups of people. And denial is when somebody's like, uh, they spent like five minutes setting up like a mimed dining room table, right? And then the person that like comes into the skit just walks right through the table or they say like, oh my God, I'm on fire. And the person that they're in the skit with says, no, you're not, you're actually drowning. Like-
1: Exactly, yeah. Uh, one of the examples I always give is uh, is just no, like, hey, do you want to go wrestle an alligator? No. Do you want to go to the circus and watch the jugglers? No. You know, mm-hmm. you've t- instead of it, you know- Think of all those cool things that we could have seen. We could have seen alligator wrestling. We could have seen jugglers. But instead, you, you've decided to make the focus about an argument. And that's really boring. And that, yeah, that's essentially denial.
0: Cool. Okay. So we should kind of run with, it seems like, the, the ideas that come up. Like if somebody presents an idea maybe in chat or through um, – maybe in like YouTube video form or through comments or in our communities, we should try to like run with those ideas a little bit more and add something to them and, and keep going deeper and deeper with the, the setup of this like fully realized experience almost. Right.
1: So the best, the best thing that we have over any other platform, the fact that we have this interactivity with chat. So, I mean, so listening And yes, and are the two biggest things. You know, when I start people off in their training of improv, yes, we do the, uh, you know, uh, basic exercises. And the first one is yes, and where somebody, you know, asks a person a question and they, you know, or they they say a statement and then they add something to that statement. And the first two words always have to be yes, and because you have to say yes to whatever they're doing and then you have to add on to it. So it'll be something like, mom, my fingers hurt. Yes, and I will find a Band-Aid for you. Uh, and then another, uh, uh, active exercise is listening where before you're allowed to respond to a person, you have to say whatever that person said back to yourself in your head because active listening is super important. So instead of just responding, you know, with the immediate thought that comes out of your head, when you see something in chat, really take a second, read back what that person said in chat. And yes, and them. So, you know, if somebody says like, oh yeah, I'm really excited about this. You know, yes, and them. Why are you excited about this? Yes, and how long have you been doing this? You know, they're really excited that they get to interact with you. And if they bring something that they're, you know, excited about into their channel, they they want to talk about it more. So figure out ways how to poke and pry to get them to talk about it a little bit more. Find those questions that make them want to talk about it. How long have you been doing this? you know, why are you doing this? Like, Hey, what do you get if you do win, you know, whatever you're doing this weekend, you know, like, Oh, this is exciting. Has anybody else ever had, you know, a time when they've been scared like this? So that's, it is a really good skill to have.
0: Yeah. That's such a good way to explain how to keep your chat moving too. Like that, that's a question that I get all the time is nobody ever talks yeah, But I think a lot of us, we, we've got like at least one person that will come by and say something from time to time. Right. And so that's kind of a perfect opportunity to practice what you just said, which is ask them more questions whenever they say something, respond to it, but then ask another question to keep the conversation going. That's such a great way to explain it.
1: Well, and you're not limited to just chat when it comes to that. Like, when you are playing a video game, you know, especially if you're not playing something multiplayer, uh, I mean, you have an entire video game vi- environment to look around with and figure out things to talk about. Like, oh, is there a weird poster for a band, you know, like that you just walked by? Like, take a take a minute, stop at that poster, talk about something that you remember, and then ask a question. Yeah, open-ended questions. Um you know, figure out a way to get, you know, use all the things at your disposal to drive that, you know, to get people to say things like, you know, if you trigger some sort of memory in somebody's head, like, oh, man, I did go to a great concert, like, they're gonna want to type it in chat. You know, that's a that's how I am in chat.
0: (laughs) Right? So that's so true. Oh, that's so good. So you're a coach yourself, right? And you've been teaching people improv for a while now and been practicing yeah, it over 10 years for long. that's amazing <laughs> but i'm sure like as a coach and as a professional in this space you've gotten a lot of the similar questions that you've had just over and over and over again yeah and that's it's like very introductory stuff generally and you you find yourself having to like repeat these answers what are some of those repetitive questions for an uh, coach?
1: Well, the, I mean, there's the, like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm nervous. I don't really think I I could be good at this. And those are honestly my favorite people to, to train because they're the people that will eventually find that fearlessness because the people that usually think they're the funniest people in the room aren't. And the people that are always, like, waiting to, like, make the, you know, make the biggest joke or step on people's toes are usually the people that, that aren't funny. Like, I love I love the people... That don't think that they're gonna be good at it because those people usually end up be, end up being the best at it because they're willing to learn and they're honest. And you know that you know another question is you know what what does it take to be funny? And you know the biggest question I or the biggest answer that I can give is just be honest. Like instead of you know really trying to figure out what everybody thinks is funny, be funny to yourself. One of my favorite interviews is with Groucho Marx. Um, and he's asked, you know, like, what do you think when people don't enjoy your humor? And he said, it's not up to me uh, to figure out what people think is funny. Uh, if they don't like what I'm presenting, they, you know, they have other options. They can go to other theaters. I always, you know, do what I think is true and what I would enjoy to watch. And if they like that, they'll stay, and they have stayed, and that's worked for me. And if they don't like it, I understand why they leave. And so it's just like you—you you really have to. The, when people want to be funny, it's they have to figure out how to be true to themselves and what really works for them uh, instead of trying to be the funniest person in the room. Because you know, when you're trying that hard, people can tell immediately. Um, and just you know, get out the, like, get out there and try. Like, people never want to try. Like, oh, I wouldn't be good at this. You know, they they when I tell them like, oh, I do this, they're like, oh, I I would never be good at something like that. And it's like yes because everybody is. And that's why I kind of like separated from more of my improv community it was because I always loved doing games with audience volunteers, you know, especially when we did road shows, they were very reliant on having um, volunteers. And whenever we got to pull somebody up on stage and feel make them feel as good as we did was always like the best part of doing an improv show, you know, and so it's just like, you are funnier than you think you are. And you just have to find the people around you that are willing to, you know, kind of push you up and and help you get there instead of the people that are just, you know, look, expecting somebody, Oh, you're a comedian. Tell me a joke. You know, like it it just doesn't work that way.
0: Yeah. That's so fascinating. Is that, so I'm seeing a lot of like similarities between the streaming community and the, the comedy community. A, A big part of it is you have to have that like belief and, and love in yourself as cliche as it is. Like that's, People feed off of that level of energy. When you think you're interesting as a streamer, your audience is more likely to think that. When you think you're funny as a comedian, your, uh, your audience is more likely to think that. Could this be, I know this is like a very nuanced thing, but I've always wondered why this happens with comedians. Is this why they like, they'll laugh at their own jokes sometimes? Because I feel like they've I'm... practiced it so many times. There's no way that joke is still funny to them, right?
1: Right. I mean, there uh, uh, that's why like, I don't do stand-up. Is, like, stand-up is a very solo experience, which is why I've always kind of pushed community on Twitch. Like, I, You know, I'm tired of doing it. I don't want to do things by myself. I want to do things with a group. Like, with improv, the way that comedy sports worked is there are two teams of competing what they called athletes, uh, and they competed for points in improv games. And so it was never, ever really an individual on stage. It was always a team that, you know, sometimes there were two people on stage, sometimes there were three people on stage. Yeah, there was sometimes one person on stage. But because we worked together, you know, there was always kind of that, like, hey, if I fall, somebody else can, you know, kind of pick me up instead of stand up, where it's like, oh, man, like, if a joke's not going over well, you know, it's not going over well. And, you know, the the, the great thing about improv was, is just like, sometimes you can tell what the audience wants that night. Like sometimes you have that audience that's into that super cerebral humor, you know, and sometimes you want an audience that wants, you know, to just see people roll around the stage. And with improv, you know, you can immediately adapt to that because nothing is set, but with stand-up, you know, it's just like, Oh, well now I'm here and I'm oh telling these God. jokes and nobody is going to like this because it's just, you know, the, the house isn't right that night. And it's just, that's something that happens, but you know, streaming the streaming community is very much just like uh, the comedy community and the theater community where it's you know there are different levels of it and people you know there's kind of like the hey i'm just starting out like high school level of stuff and then you're in community theater you know and then you're getting paid to do theater in your city and then you're like part of like you're on broadway and then you're part of like a national touring company like you know there are all these like different levels of people that are trying to do it you know and it, it, you know, unfortunately boils down to, you know, not what you know, but who, you know, and, you know, just like, just like trying to get partnered. Like I loved improv. Like I had been doing improv since I was a child and there wasn't a high school league team at my school. And I started the high school league team at my school and got all of my friends into it. And, you know, I would, I would train my friends and then all of a sudden my friends would be getting shows and, You know, it would be like, well, what is this? Like, I literally trained these people to do this. Like, why are they getting these shows, you know, when I've been doing this longer than they have? Like, and, you know, but I never got bitter about it because I was always super proud that I was able to, like, lift people up to this level. And, you know, I just, my path was very different. And I got my start because I was more of the, what they call the straight man in scene, where I wasn't looking to get the big jokes. I was looking... To be the person to react to everybody that was, you know, making those big jokes and stuff like that, and being kind of the the grounding facet for the audience. And my boss, uh, Bob Orbis, who is uh, who was my mentor, uh, who you might have heard his name before if you've listened to Dan Harmon, uh, the creator of Community and Rick and Morty, talk oh about God, yes. uh, people that helped inspire him and help train him. Uh, So I was trained by one of the same people that trained Dan Harmon um, to be funny. And so like it it, that 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 just helped uh, immensely having having people like that around. And he got that like he was like, the reason you're getting shows is because you're not trying to be the funniest person in the room. It's because you understand that what the scene needs and you understand what we need. Instead of trying to be the funniest person in the room, so it's like, yeah, sometimes you can work by being ridiculous and out there, and yeah, th- those people get shows. And sometimes you just need to take that, you know, longer path because you know, hey, you can't be that big of a presence, but you know, you still have a quality to give people.
0: How do you feel like that lesson and that experience applies to streamers?
1: It's the exact same thing. I mean, I watched people stay in the rec league of, you know, the improv stuff for a decade, you know, that, you know, I even, you know, they were doing shows even before I was, and I was still getting professional shows long after they were still doing those, you know, those minor league shows essentially. And, you know, it's just, it's not a race. Uh, And it's really, it, it is, it's quality over quantity and it's, it's really believing in yourself and knowing that, what you're doing is good and it's something that you you want to do and it's something that you believe people should be watching. And sometimes it takes people, you know, longer than others. There have been, you know, I there are just a few character streamers that predate me um and but there have been plenty that have come after me that have just absolutely exploded and they are all my friends we are we all work together there's no animosity there because the sandbox is big enough for us all to play in i don't feel like anybody stole my idea because puppets are not a new idea you know so you know the fact that there is this cool community that i can hang out with still is like you know what my time will come when it comes and i believe in the content that i'm providing so I think people will believe in that, too. And that has worked for me.
0: <laughs> I love that. That mindset, I think, is so important just to not hold yourself back by not making other people into your comp- competition unnecessarily. Like, right. we can all succeed. Like you you said earlier, a rising tide raises all the ships. It's absolutely perfect.
1: Um, yeah, we are not in competition with each other. You know, yeah. like this whole idea that like, oh man, you know, yeah, you Someone have to have tact about like, yeah, you have to have tact about it, you know, but like, you know, you can't, you can interact with people without them feeling like you're stealing views. Like, you know, as long as you're not being like, just a shill about it, like, you know, you can be proud of your content without being a shill about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What about the people that are still, they love the idea of like adding more comedy and improv into their their streams. And obviously there's a lot of things that they can learn here, but what if they just feel like, uh, I'm not funny. I'm just a boring person. I have a boring life. How do you usually coach someone out of that belief?
1: Uh, I mean, it's really just people. I, I worked with, I had a coworker who was just like, I've lived such a boring life. Like nobody wants to hear what I'm talking about. I've just, you know, sailed around the oceans on a sailboat and I was on an episode of jeopardy. And it's like, what, what are you talking about? Like that, that's incredible. And, you know, uh, it's really, you know, it's really beating people out of that mindset because I come from the Midwest and the Midwest is is such a hard place to be creative because it's very much like, keep your head down. You, You know, you don't, you don't talk about things that you're excited about because it's somewhere in your brain. That means that they're going to go wrong and that you're kind of like this chauvinist, you know, like I had a friend that was like, you know, when I was back there the last time that was like super excited about this VR bar that he was opening and he was like, you know, going on about it. And he's like, you know, I, I, I'm sorry if I sound like an asshole. I'm like, dude, you're, you're really, ex-, I'm, I, pardon me. You know, it's like, oh, you're, you're really excited about like what you're doing, but like in Milwaukee if he was talking to anybody else they'd be like whoa like settle down money bags you know like they would find a way to be negative about it like hey you're kind of like going against the the curve and 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 the groove and like why are you so proud of this stuff like i don't have that kind of stuff to be proud of so why should you be proud of it and like it, it's just a really it's, it's really hard to get people out of that mindset that like, you know, even if you work as a janitor, you have interesting and cool things that happen to you. Like no matter what your job is, no matter what you think is, you know, unique, mundane, there are unique and weird things that happen to you. So it's really just like getting them to start telling their stories, you know, getting them to open up and to be excited about the things that they do know about. And that usually, you know, leads to them opening up more, period.
0: That's so true. So people, You find that
1: one thing that they're excited about and you just, like, yeah. you just dig. You just, you know, you force them to talk about it until they're excited and they forget that they're nervous and they're on stage.
0: <laughs> oh, that's cool. I like that. It's like the passion makes people more comfortable.
1: Exactly. I mean, passion and confidence. Like, you have to have the confidence, like... You know, when you're doing theater, if you mess up lines in in like a, you know, an actual performance, it's only a mess up if you let the audience know. Like you have to have you have to sell it no matter what.
0: <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. It's been so long since I've done theater. It's been I forgot that that was actually a thing. So mm-hmm. confidence is is huge in streaming too and being able to like sell yourself and and
1: yeah, you know,
0: control the room and all of that is so important. How does somebody who isn't super confident on camera become more confident
1: uh you know it's really just it's putting yourself out there it's surrounding you it's surrounding yourself with people who you know like that who see that and it's like you know once again yes and instead of being like no i suck you know like be like oh yes and next time i'm gonna really try to like roll past that guy You know, just, just find ways to talk, you know, you know, as, as, you know, cliche as it sounds like you just got to talk in those positives and you have to believe it in your mind. And like, it's, it's really just a mindset thing. Like. It, it, without like proper training without like getting up on stage and then having the payoff of people laughing, you know, like it, it's really hard, but like you will get that payoff in chat as well. You know, like when you see people react and usually, you know, positivity is always the way to go. Like if, it, even if it's like in somewhat of a negative Like, you know, I always say, like, you can say no, but you still have to be pushing forward. So, like, you know, it's like, hey, let's go to that haunted house. No, I'm scared of haunted houses. But if you're still getting pushed towards the door, well, you know, then it's funny because, like, oh, man, now we want to see how this guy reacts to going into this haunted house because we now know that he has this little bit of background that he's scared of haunted houses. So, you know, it's really for people that don't have that confidence, you know, just all I can say is believe in yourselves. Like everyone is, everyone is smarter and funnier than they think they are. And like people will almost always come in with those negatives. And, you know, with improv, like instead of just being like, Oh man, like I've turned so many trolls into friends just by like, Oh, you want to go to 11? Like I'll go to 12. And it's just like when people, if, if instead of shutting down, if you just get weird, you know, like, people will respond to that because they just, they want to see a reaction. You know, it's just like hecklers, you know, heckler, so many hecklers after a comedy show will come up to me and be like, that was great. That was the funniest show ever. And it's like, what are you talking about? Like you made that show so much harder by what you are doing. They're like, no, I was giving you stuff because then you got to direct all your, you know, hate towards me. And I'm just like, well, you know, that's not really my thing, but you know, every once in a while, like, there have been a couple times where I've just, like, smoked a heckler so bad on stage that it's just, like, man, it, it's felt really good. And, like, same thing with people in chat. Like, instead of just straight up banning people sometimes, like, you, if you just go to 12, like uh, like, ahead of them, it's just, like, all right, cool. You know, like, you can handle a little bit of ribbing because that's sometimes what it is. People just want a reaction out of you.
0: Yeah, that's so true. I'm usually an advocate for just like shut trolls down just ban them and my mods get to it before i even see it but earlier somebody came in and <laughs> and said that i looked like a chipmunk and so i turned on the alvin and the chipmunks like christmas song and had that yeah. uh, had that like close in shot on my on my face and just made the teeth stand out as much as I possibly could and it just it felt hilarious I don't usually react like that and so kind of taking it a little deeper and not being afraid to like poke fun at myself was really fun
1: you owned it like instead of instead of it being a negative totally it. it's like do I look weird it probably <laughs> yeah. like I look weird that person probably looks weird and it's just like it it, it, it makes it, it's just it makes, I feel it's a way better reaction than just, yeah, than just being negative about it. Yeah. So, because some people, you know, it's just like, I was that weirdo for a while, you know, like I grew up a 4chan kid, you know, you know, not the not to like the, cer- the certain point, but like, you know, like I, I was trolly for a while. Like, I, I know what trolls are sometimes, like, and sometimes they're just... There are people that don't know how to respond other than trying to get a reaction out of people. And sometimes you just need to get them past that to a normal conversation to, you know, to get them to open up and to, you know, stop being as trolly. So
0: that's so good. I love this. This is all such, such good advice. So with your experience, like everything that you've done in comedy, and then also seeing all the intersections between that and the streaming community. What do you feel like are some missed opportunities that the Twitch world isn't really taking advantage of that we could be maybe some lessons that you've learned from being in the comedic community?
1: Um, Like I said, this is, I think Twitch in the next couple of years is it's no longer going to be just video games. I mean, it's already kind of taking that shift. It is a an immediate it's an amazing form of interactive entertainment, Uh, whether that's cooking, whether that's painting, you know, it's you know, imagine, you know, whenever I describe Twitch to people that don't know what it is, I always say, like, imagine a cooking show where you're just desperate to ask that one question, like, do I heat the pan before or after I put the oil in? You know, imagine being able to ask that question and get an answer in real time. Like, not only are we in interactive entertainment, but at this point, we can still be a very personal, you know, level of entertainment. And I think that's so much better than the entertainment made for the masses. Because the more you start making stuff for everyone, the more it starts watering it down to the point where it's not for anyone, like, specifically. So... I think like just as far as like the entertainment side of it like you know just doing more you know kind of choose your own adventure shows and more things that are that are interactive entertainment and putting you know people in chat in control of stories you know things like Twitch plays Pokemon you know I think are really the future and we're going to see more of that level of interactivity and that's really what I want to see and you know like I would I'm really like upset about You know, Twitch Studios being completely gutted uh, because I believe that stuff was the future, and you know, like they literally trained me me for a job. Uh, I was I was flown out to Twitch San Francisco, trained to do a job, and then less than a month later, they effectively killed the department and canceled all the shows that I would have been hired to 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 work on. And I think that's just such a step in the wrong direction. I think that's one of the biggest missteps was firing all those people because. Studio entertainment, you know, like I said, is going to be the future. Like, yeah, I didn't want to be just one more white guy yelling at a video game. Um, there's <laughs> enough of those, like, and there are some people that are way better at that than me, you know. So, it's like I wanted to do something different and unique. And you have like, it's going to get to the point where you can't just be a single person streaming, it's going to take a crew of people, it's going to be a studio-like setting. Yeah. Um, So, and I can't wait for that, because that's, you know, I've been training for that kind of stuff my my whole life.
0: (laughs) I love how we're, like, getting into the next level theory here, because I completely agree with you. With the explosion that we've seen of IRL, it's absolutely crazy to think that in five years, which is still just going to be video games, because it's absolutely not. There are people that have exploded massively, and this is still, like, having influencers in culture at all is still a very, very, very new thing. This is like, we're Hollywood in the 1920s right now. Like we are right. at the very, the cusp of the absolute explosion and the change of of traditional media, I think. And uh, to think absolutely. that at some point, like Hollywood is going to find this kind of of content and they're gonna be able to yeah this medium this like live interaction they're gonna see that and they know like they've got so much more experience than little like joey starting his twitch channel last week right like they've got years and years and years of experience and education and uh, research on how to hold people's attention because they've been doing yep. it for so long. Now they get to add in the, the live interaction factor. They're going to come in and if they're going to have all these production studios, it's going to be freaking crazy.
1: Well, it's like, so the reason that I love improv as well is whenever you get a suggestion from the audience, you have then invested, uh, the audience that much more in the content because they want to see what you do with it. And then if they say something, if you say something on stage that they would have said, they're going to feel smart, which is what you want your audience to walk away feeling. They, You want them to walk away feeling like, man, they got that show. They were a part of it. You know, it's the it's the reason that the 12th man thing works for the Seattle Seahawks. Like, hey, you guys are actually the 12th man on the field. Like, you are having an effect on the game by being here. The time of passively watching... Uh, entertainment is over and there is a there is a you know complete disconnect now with people and you know technology where you know the movie theaters you know have considered letting people be on their cell phones because people just can't put their phones down so in my opinion instead of making them put their phones down let's put those phones to use so not only are they invested in the entertainment but, you know, they're using that phone instead of, you know, passively doing something else. They're using it to, you know, to, like, change what's happening in their in their entertainment. You like, are blowing that,
0: my mind. <laughs> Holy crap. Right. I've never thought That's about what, that before.
1: Exactly. Like, this is all I've been thinking about. This is what I've been trying to get, like. Like the improv is like is so big in that regards like you know imagine if there was like a Starcraft TV show where like at the end of the week it was like always a cliffhanger or like oh man like the Terran and Zerg are fighting this week like on the like official servers whichever you know race wins this week is going to have an effect on the TV show the next week. You know, oh, yeah, like Bandersnatch, yeah. Bandersnatch you know, Snatch, like stuff yeah. like that. Like, I'm so mad, like, because I have, like, talked to people, like, can we do choose your own adventures? Can we do choose your own adventures? And then I see all the Bandersnatch stuff happen. I'm like, I've been trying to do this. <laughs> yeah. Like, I get it. You know, like, I want people to be involved. Like, I want people to to be invested in their entertainment from from week to week, but also feel like, man, if I rally the troops, like, I can change the outcome of it. You know, I I think that's the future. That's that's where I want to go. That's where I'm that's where I am going. (laughs) I mean,
0: I I think so, too. I think that's and just to bring this full circle, that's why learning how to be better at improv is so important, because all of media eventually is going to be trending towards that real life interaction. So you need to know how to keep people engaged with like humor or education or a little like off the cuff remarks as we start to transition um, into this. New landscape. rolling with
1: the punches like improv is all about like, you know, it, it, it's that, you know, think about, you know, you've, you've all like, everybody's had that, like, I need to confront this person about something. And you start asking all those questions in your head and you start coming up with all of their possible answers, you know, and it just starts. It's that, that churning and churning and you, you know, you, you think you're trying to think of every possible outcome uh, of how this conversation is going to go and the moment you ask the question to them they say that one thing that you just did not think of and you're just completely bewildered because you have no idea how to to respond improv is you know learning how to to deal with the unexpected when things don't go your way when something isn't what you expect it to be how do you recover with that you know one of the things that i do uh, in the first workshop, like whenever I have like a, a you know first day round one workshop, uh, one of the first things I make them do is stand up and take a big bow on stage and say, "And I failed." And I say, "Congratulations, you just failed on stage because every single one of you is going to die a horrible stage death. You know, no one is immune from it. Everybody's going to have a moment where like." just, it didn't work, it flops, everyone's just, like, looking at you like a weirdo. And it's how you deal with that situation that matters. Because five minutes later, you're going to have a chance to redeem yourself, and nobody's going to care about that moment of you looking like an idiot except you if you let it be something that you care about. So you you really have to, like, educate people out of that failure, but you also have to, like, get them to, like, learn how to, like, deal with everything that comes with them. And video game players are great at that because, like, you inherently fail at like a level in a video game and try it over. So you guys are perfect for improv.
0: (laughs) You are absolutely like blowing my mind. I have a couple questions left for you. Um, And then we'll transition into our Q&A stuff. So the first one is, since you've taught all of these people, I'm really curious what you feel like the most valuable thing is that you teach, like the most valuable piece of advice whenever you're coaching all of these, these new improvians i don't what are they
1: (laughs) just improv students
0: improvisers
1: (laughs) improvisers yeah improvisers in training Uh, so i'm I'm sorry could you what was that so what do you
0: what do you feel like your most uh valuable piece of of training has been for people on your journey
1: that uh failure is what you make of it no uh no one that ever did anything of note got there by only succeeding uh they got there by failing more times than you can ever imagine you know thomas edison didn't go out to you know you know create the light bulb he you know he found this you know new source of electricity cool and he just tried and he 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 he figured out what worked and what didn't work and that failure ultimately is better than just succeeding because anyone who just succeeds and just succeeds and just succeeds when they do fail they have no idea how to get there but somebody that has gone up and then down and then up and then down and then up and then down well when you get to another up you know how to deal with it when you get to another down you know how to deal with it because you've been in all these situations before like Uh, with anything, you know, the best thing you can do is know how to do every single aspect of it. I knew how to do every single job at the comedy club because I knew if like it called for it, I would need to be able to do it. And sometimes I wasn't very good at those things, but I knew that I needed to be, I knew that I needed to step up. So whenever you have the chance to like get a couple skills under your belt, even if it's like, if you're going to be terrible at it, just do it because you're going to learn something from it. And the next time you try it, you're going to know a little bit more what works and what doesn't work. But the moment you say, I've tried this uh, and it didn't work, so I'm not trying again, is the moment that you have actually failed.
0: That's so true. Oh, this is so good. Uh, where can we go if we want to learn more about comedy and improv like feel free to to plug your own stuff of course but maybe if there's any online resources that you feel like might be good for people if they want to they want to learn a little bit more through like youtube videos or something what are some spaces that we can go for that
1: uh there is a podcast called the improv nerd uh that is very very good um also just like look up you know anything that is like improv dungeons and dragons or, you know, anything like, like watch, watch and listen, you know, after you've kind of learned the rules of improv, watch and, uh, and listen to it. Um, I have a website called lanhouse, L-A-N-H-O-U-S-E.com. Uh, and that's kind of going into, you know, uh, I live with my fiance who we actually met at a Twitch meetup, uh, which is really, really cool. And then, uh, one of my friends who was our community manager, uh, we convinced him to move to Nebraska. So we have a house that is that is full of streamers uh, doing awesome things. So uh, like I said, I've taught an improv, I've taught a four week improv class out here in Seattle uh, at the comedy sports out here, but uh, I'm not sure if I have a home for that class anymore. Um, but if you uh, live in a major city, uh, I would recommend uh, an improv 101 class through comedy sports. Uh, don't drink their Kool-Aid, uh, but definitely the 101 class would absolutely help because that is all the, the very basics of improv and just that stuff to really help you get out of your shell. Um, and also uh, I would recommend if there is a meetup, like we have the CL online broadcasters association. If there is a meetup uh, in your area, I highly recommend uh, going out and just go starting and going to your meetups and just not talking about your channel, but just going out to meet people and to hang out because the more you find that there are like-minded people like yourself, and the re- you realize that you're not just this weird nerd sitting in front of a webcam um, by yourself, uh, the better you feel about yourself and the more excited uh, you can be about what
0: oh, I love that so much. We're going to go ahead and transition into the Q&A portion of this interview. So if y'all have been hanging on to any questions about streaming, uh, building a brand, becoming more funny, being more confident in yourself... Uh, feel free to ask those questions now, mm-hmm. just post them in chat and we will get to them. I have one last question for you though, while everyone else is, is typing their stuff up. What do you feel sure. like is your number one piece of advice for streamers who are looking to get better with comedy on their channels?
1: Um, be, like I said, it's, it's, it's really about honesty and, uh, you know, what works for you? Are you good at puns? Are you good at observational stuff? Uh, are you really good at describing what's going on? Uh, people can tell when you're trying too hard. And if you see somebody and you see something that works for them, it might not necessarily work for you. Um, and while imitation is the most sincerest form of flattery, you should always try to do what is true to you. So if it looks like something else that, and people are going to be like, oh man, like this is just like this other thing like really, really think about it, uh, before doing it. But I mean, it's streaming is, it's just like theater. Uh, it's just like any other sort of profession, you know, where it's, uh, you know, it it is, it is like theater. It's like, it, 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 it's like 1920 movies where it's, you know, it's kind of this strange, like there are rules, but there's not really rules and there's all this behind the scenes stuff going on. So, uh, like network, be a part of communities, like, but really be a part of communities. Don't be there because you think it's going to benefit you. Be there because you care about what's going on. And that is, that that is one of the best ways to, to go about doing it. So.
0: Oh, so good. Okay. Our first question is from, oof, Mark Plays. So you were just talking about learning from your failures. What do you think is the number one way to really hone in on what caused the failure?
1: Uh, not getting upset about it. Uh, it's really easy to just be like, man, I'm such an idiot. Like, that was so stupid. Uh, it's, it's the hardest thing, you know, to go back and kind of like watch yourself. But uh, taking notes Uh, it's really hard to take notes whenever, you know, whenever I would give notes in an improv class, it was always met with like an explanation. And it's just like, you know, there doesn't need to be an explanation. Just like realize it for the next time. You know, I'm not, you made that choice. Now that choice doesn't matter. I'm saying in the future, be aware that instead of doing things like you did do it this way. And it can, it is really, really hard to take criticism without taking it personally. And so you just you have to be you, you have to be willing to accept people's responses and you have to be willing to ask people for that criticism as well, uh, because it's the only way that you're ever going to learn because you can do things a million times and not notice that you have this one verbal tick until somebody tells you that you have it. So, right. you know, you really have to be willing to let people critique you without you know thinking like oh man they're trying to be hard on me
0: right it's it's really important for streaming too because you're you're not gonna appeal to everybody and so whenever you get haters or critics one thing that prevents people from seeing growth is whenever they don't take responsibility and instead they like pass their responsibility over to well i'm not you know, I'm not a girl, so I can't grow on Twitch. Or Right, yeah. not, it's always you know, something else. I'm too yeah. young, or I'm, I'm too old, or I'm too whatever. I just can't do it. And you're, yeah. like, making excuses as opposed to just stepping into that power and taking responsibility for the thing.
1: Exactly. You, you know, like, I could have been long. like, oh, man, the reason I, I... Because this other guy got partnered for me, even yeah. though I've been doing it longer than he has. And it's just like, that. that's, that's not going to change my content. Like, that's not... That just makes me seem, like, shallow... And really, really like insincere, like that, you know, the, the only thing that's holding me back is because these other people have succeeded. It's like, no, these other people have really, really cool ideas. And it's cool to see things like this are succeeding because that means that there is a market for what I'm doing. You know, that's what excite. you know, instead of being bitter about it, it's like, man, no, their success means that there is a market for what I'm doing. Now I have to figure out how to do it, you know, to get noticed as well.
0: Oh, I love that. Dr. Drew asked, "Did you do anything unique to get new people into your stream?"
1: Um, Yes, I mean the the whole talking super the video game console uh, was that unique thing, and you know I really wanted tangible, so I went out of my way to get pictures uh, with all the strange people that I could. I went to I live in Seattle, Washington, where marijuana is legal, so I went to a pot shop and met Snoop Dogg. Uh, and (laughs) yeah. And so I, I didn't get pictures with myself. I, I asked him to get pictures. Yeah. I, I, I straight up, I was the third person in line, but you know, they're like, all right, have whatever you want out signed. Uh, you have whatever you want out to get signed, you know, out, hand your phone to this person. You know, it was very like, you're just going, you're taking this picture, you're leaving. So, you know, all I have out is, is SNES here and my phone and so I I take I give the phone to the guy and I walk up to Snoop Dogg and I shake his hand and I'm just like I've loved your music for years you know like thank you for all of it like I don't need to take a picture of you but I stream with this talking video game console uh can I get a picture of you with it and he's like yeah all right and so you know he he holds it up and I step out of frame and you know, while he's taking the picture, I say, by the way, it, it gets high on stream because I actually can change the eyes from uh, white to red. <laughs> and so, you know, I was tired of people thinking it was a public or thinking it was face rigged, So I was like, oh, I can get him stoned on stream. So people will like see my hands in the shot and like we'll see like, no, it's like an actual physical thing. And he's like, it gets high on stream. And so I changed the eyes from white to red. And He's like, oh, well, I well, I got to get a picture like that. And he held the the snes up again, and he took another picture, and I got the pictures, and I and I walked out. Um, and so yeah, I mean, it, it was it, it was scary. It was one of the scariest things that I've ever done. And after that, I was just like, I'm invincible. Like I can walk up to anybody with this stupid thing, <laughs> and, and 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 do this, and that that really worked. I at the first TwitchCon, I every single person that I wanted to meet, you know, I, I love DJ wheat. Like I've, I've been watching DJ wheat since like before streaming was streaming. Uh, and so it's like, I just walked right up to him. and was like, you know, this is what I'm doing. This is weird. And you know, believe it or not, when you walk up to somebody with a, you know, puppet and its eyes are glowing at you, uh, people tend to, to remember, but I've, you know, I, I have a Sega Genesis puppet as well. And I started a Twitter war between them Uh, and I managed to get the attention of the author, Blake J. Harris, who wrote a book called the council wars. And through just that, those interactions, I managed to, uh, get an interview with him. And we've been friends for years now, uh, because of that. And so it's really, it's about putting yourself out there. It's like any ridiculous idea that you have, just do it. Like, don't, don't worry what other people say. Like, just, just do your ideas and see, and see what happens.
0: <laughs> That's so great. Uh, Lindsay Cole said, I feel like I'm really bad about expressing the words in my head. How can I get better at communication?
1: Uh, active listening. Uh, when as, as, like, if you're, if you're responding to chat, uh, really, you know, just take that time and, you know, t- just take a breath before you speak and, and, and take your, and take your time. Which, you know, I've kind of failed at doing that sometimes too, but you get you get nervous. And so it's really just it's about control, you know, nose in, mouth out, you know, breathing. And before you say the sentence out loud, say it in your head once, you know, if that if that's really gonna help you, you know, like I, I will say whatever I'm going to say in my head just once before it actually gets out of my out of my mouth, hopefully. <laughs> so yeah, just take that extra second. And the more you do that, you know, it's just like any other muscle. You'll eventually – it'll eventually get so fluid that you won't have to do it as much. Or you won't be thinking about it as much when you do it.
0: Yeah. Very accurate. Mr. Incredibad asked, you mentioned the rising tide and everyone growing together. How do you feel this applies in a culture that is against self-promotion in other people's channels?
1: Um, I mean, that it really comes down to – how do you self-promote? Are you self-promoting by just going in and being, oh, see you later? Or are you self-promoting by the fact that you're hanging out and playing Smash Brothers with everybody? Are you self-promoting by just simply being a part of the conversation? You know, like, some of the best shout-outs I've gotten in channels is because I've only ever been a part of the conversation. You know, it's just when you once again to liken this to theater and stuff like that when you're going out for theater and you're auditioning for a role you don't you know go around to everybody and just be like oh man like i'm trying to get this role like put in a good word for me like it's it's shallow and it's shitty but if like you're going to workshops like if you have opportunities to like hang out with people like meetups um you know, like, you, you grow this community, and instead of it being this this shilling thing, it's like, oh, hey, like, I know these people, I want to see you, I'm excited for what they're doing, you should be too. I don't want, you know, I think that you should watch a streamer for, like, two to four hours. Like, I come from the realm of, like, I got paid, you know, like, what I got paid for improv, I got to do, like, one improv show a day, and I was comfortable, you know, like, I could do one 60-minute improv show, and that was, like, you know, more than most of my friends were making at their part-time jobs when I was in high school. You know, and, like, even long after that, like, once I started getting even more, started teaching, like, it, I was getting paid, you know, you know, at, for ridiculous amounts of money to do commercials. Like, I did a bowling commercial that took four hours, and I made more in those four hours than I had made, it like, in the last month, you know, like, I come from the land where, like, entertainers are highly valued, and that entertainment time is a lot, and, like, if you're streaming for eight hours, like, you're gonna bring yourself out, and it's gonna get really, really hard, so if you're streaming for, like, four hours, like, that's a good amount of time, and so if people have some place to go that they, like, can go after that that's good like they shouldn't just watch you like you've burnt yourself out on tv shows you've binge watched a show and then never watched it before like there has to be that variety in people that you watch and you know to have a community that it you know wants to see you around you have to actually be a part of it instead of just being there to be seen You know, you have to want to be a part of the conversations and be a part of the conversations. You know, it's just, it's the same thing that kept me out of theater for so long is that like, man, you have to be seen and it's not just doing things. It's it's literally just going up and being seen and and being at some of these workshops and giving people a chance to see you outside of even the professional setting.
0: Oh, that's so good. We're going to do one last question. And I love this one a lot because I feel like I get this one so, so much. And I'm sure a lot of other people do, too. But you might have something really fresh to, to give to us here. So Brecky asked, when you have no viewers, no followers, and nobody to talk to, should you still try and be entertaining just in case someone watches your video later or pops into a stream? And how do you even do that?
1: One billion percent. You like, you know, it's the whole you have to dance you have to dance like no one's watching. You have to, you literally have to stream like no one's watching. For the first week that I streamed, you know, my, it was my buddy that I, I was living with at the time. And, you know, we were like, who are these two people just watching and not saying anything, you know? And then we realized that it was our accounts that were <laughs> counting as the two viewers. Yeah. And it's just like, man, like that's kind of ridiculous. But you, you always have to stream like no one's watching because like, Man, if you go in there and like, it's just oh yeah okay great. Well, why is anybody gonna stick around and, and hang out with that? But if like if you're excited about what you're watching and you're you're excited about what you see, you know that that is infectious and that catches on. And you're playing a video game. So one of the things that we do with improv is you find a game within a game. Sometimes. So like when you're playing some games maybe the other game becomes how many times can we get entrances and exits for this one particular player or maybe you know like oh it becomes like we're going to do bird puns you know because the scene is you know about birds and stuff like that so you know you really have to you really have to stream like no one's watching because you have to imagine that everybody's watching. You have to be giving that content like you are the best streamer because that is going to be infectious. Because instead of people being like, oh man, like they're so low energy, they're not doing anything, people are, why is nobody watching this person? They're like, there's nobody in here. They're still going at it a million percent. Like these people deserve, you know, this person deserves to be, you know, have people watching them yes. because they're like, no matter what, they're not going to stop doing this ridiculous stuff. And that has been, you know, what has gotten people to where they are is that they've always acted like it and they've always engaged with the people that are there and, and hanging out.
0: Oh, that's so true. People respect work ethic a lot more than I think it's talked about, right? Like if you're willing to go really, really hard for the community and and to build yourself, people will see that and they'll pick up on it and they'll support it a lot more than you think you would be supported. Like they will go right. ham if you give them something to go ham about.
1: <laughs> right, and you know you have to you have to set expectations. Like I, I don't want to be you know a gigantic streamer. Like I love the fact that I can't with my my chat isn't going fast enough that I can't interact with people and I can't know what's going on with people's lives and stuff like that. Like I, you know, the, there the Muppets were gigantic, but Mystery Science Theater was this cult classic for years. And, you know, the fan base absolutely adored it. And it was never gigantic. It was never as big as the Muppets, but they loved it. So don't discount the people that love what you do just because it's a small quantity of them by people's standards. Like, I have literally done improv shows for thousands of people at, you know, the biggest, you know, at Summerfest in Milwaukee, which is the longest, you know, music festival, you know, in the country. And I've done shows for three people. And I can tell you that some of those three people shows were infinitely better. Just just infinitely better than the shows that I've done for the thousands of people. Uh, you know, because it, it, the people that were there cared about it. And they were so happy that we gave them something that was theirs. Instead of just being like, oh, well, I'm only going to put... You know, if I only put 10% into a show on stage when I, oh, man, our theater seats 180, but we've only got 10 people tonight, I'm only going to give 10%. Like, that, you're not going to get put on shows after that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's that idea of, like, stream as if 100 people are watching you at all times. At all times, regardless of if you have, like, a large group of people watching you or not, you want the people that are watching you there that have that intimacy, even if it's, like, a small group of 15 or 20 people that are watching you, if they feel like, oh, my God, something is happening here that a lot of people are missing out on, they will go and share that everywhere. They're going to talk about it on Twitter. They're going to start they're going to start posting about it on an Instagram. Like they're going to bring everybody back to your space because right. they want to to be the person that shared that experience with somebody else, right? Like they, want, to, they right. want everyone else to see, hey, look, I found this really, really cool thing that nobody really knows about. Come over here. Like there's almost mm-hmm. a little bit of, of cool factor that gets added to them because they're like, look, look at what this is. This is crazy.
1: Right, yeah. This is the behind this. This is the speakeasy. This is, you know, this isn't where everybody yeah the scenes of it <laughs>
0: yeah it's really really fascinating so where can everyone go to find you Biz
1: uh, twitch.tv slash business B-I-Z-S-N-E-S is channel uh, like I said I'm the silent yet devilishly does all the all the streaming and stuff like that as well as lanhouse uh, L-A-N-H-O-U-S-E dot com uh, that's the new website that we've set up uh, as well as uh, any of the SOBA events, I am the head volunteer uh, in charge of the interviewing that happens at our monthly meetup. Uh, so Seattle OBA uh, is all that stuff, is uh, is for that. So, yeah, all the stuff that TriQ is posting. That's my fiance, uh, by the way. Oh. Uh, we So, yeah, we, we actually met at, she was standing alone at the Seattle meetup. I walked up to her and said, you know, hey, How's it going? I'm business. And she said, Yeah, I know. We met at the second TwitchCon. And I was like, This is awkward, but <laughs> hi. And, you know, two years later, you know, here we are. <laughs> That's
0: so awesome. I saw that video of you proposing actually
1: on Twitter. Yep, it was yep. awesome. Yeah, we met at the second TwitchCon. Uh, I moved in with her right before the third TwitchCon. So I felt, you know, right. TwitchCon was the was the way to go. So you know, if I if I can stress one thing, you know, more than anything else, uh, you know, just to kind of wrap this up, it's it's community. Uh, community. I really really feel that community, especially in this day and age, is important. Get into your local meetups, get involved, uh, because it it makes you feel less alone. Being a streamer as of right now is a very solidary experience and it's very much like it seems like you know it's kind of you against the world and it really it really really shouldn't be that way and and the same way that i felt when we had our big comedy sports meetups every year is the exact way i feel at twitchcon it's not a convention it's a a family reunion uh it's a chance to put names and faces, you know, and voices to screen names, and you feel so much less lonely when you just hear somebody's voice in chat instead of, you know, kind of trying to figure out what it is. And so, just having that, and you know, being reminded outside of like just seeing, you know, emotes and stuff like that, um, is is very important. It's it's very it's very important. I, you know, I, I really I don't do much improv on stage anymore, but I really miss that, you know, having all that laughter happen around me because that was a very very cool experience. Um, and and yeah, I, I it's it's very important to 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 find like minded people, and we have found such a Twitch is such a great place to do that.
0: My feels. All right, I hope that interview was helpful for y'all as a reminder if you want to reach out to biz on twitter that's twitter.com slash biz s n e s definitely check out his streams he's hilarious i mean improv coach for over a decade that's amazing biz thank you so much for coming on the show it was awesome 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 to talk to you you are amazing and as a reminder for everyone don't forget to go to streamcoachbook.com and check out the book that we've worked really hard on making for you i hope that you all love it love it love it Uh, You can tweet at me at AshneyChrist or hit me up wherever and let me know your thoughts about this episode or if you just want to give me feedback about the podcast, I'd really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. Click the bell notification and give us a thumbs up and comment and I'm just kidding. This isn't a YouTube video. All right. (laughs) I'll see y'all in the next episode. (laughs) Love you so much. Bye.